Welcome, welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. Episode 2 here. Uh, thanks for making this part of your day, wherever you are across the globe. Um, first and foremost, guys, I want to apologize for the content in episode 1. I feel like my energy was just so low. Uh, it was kind of one of those days, I like to call them Murphy days, where Murphy's Law takes place. And it's like everything that could go wrong did go wrong that day. To where it made it tougher for me to record. Uh, I've been sick um, over the past week. For those of you that have young kids, you know what it's like, man. You get one of your kids gets sick and the whole family's sick. Was not feeling well. I felt like my energy was very low. I was so desperate and so excited. I shouldn't say desperate. I was so excited to put out content that um, I had recorded that episode I started recording it earlier in the day and then I got cut off and because of work. So it kind of, <laughs> I feel like it just went downhill and I submitted it without even listening to it first, which I guess is a rookie mistake with this. Like I've said before in the last podcast, this is a work in progress, guys. So cut me, so cut me a little bit of slack. I'm going to work on this and try to make it better. And, um, that's my promise to you guys. So I apologize. I hope you take another listen. Um, you know, I listened to it later on in the day that day, and it just was like, oh my gosh, did I really put this out there? Uh, so anyway, enough with the apologies and the excuses. We're I'm going to do better here as much as I can. So I'm going to take a little bit of a different format this episode. I'm going to try to... Um, cover some main stories, news about Ike this week, which there's not a, there's not really a whole lot there before the friendly tomorrow in uh, at Ammonia in Cyprus. So um, I'm going to cover that. I'm going to cover what went on in the fixtures today in Europe for Greek football. For most of you guys that don't support Ike, that are hopefully listening, rough day today for Greek football in general, uh, all the results in Europe. Um, I'm going to discuss that and then I'm going to take a little bit. I'm going to actually also, I'm going to discuss a couple of points, big, big points that I missed in the last podcast, things that I should have discussed that totally forgot again, not to make any excuses. I had a bunch of notes, uh, in a notepad and somehow they got misplaced, disappeared, whatnot. And, uh, I was just doing stuff off the top of my head, forgot to discuss some very, very key points, uh, key transfers for Ike. And also some big things. So I'm going to discuss that. Um, And then the second half is going to be dedicated to what? A segment that I thought of today that I'm going to call Ike Stories. Where I'm going to discuss either my own experiences with the club. Or maybe do kind of like my own experiences. Slash also add some stuff. Some like history behind the club. Or maybe break down like a historical win in Europe or something like that. Um, but today I'm going to start off with discussing my very first Ike game that I went to, my very first Ike match, uh, which was back in 1996, the Super Cup final against Panathinaikos. And if if memory serves me correct, and I could be wrong, that that was the last Super Cup that we ever did in Greece. Um, I don't know. I think my, if my memory serves me correct, that was the last Super Cup. And it was at the old Karas, the old Karaskaki Stadium, not the new one built now, but this was the old Karaskaki Stadium. So stay tuned for that. Um, enough with the chit chat. Let's get on with the news. 
So, very first thing that I totally, I think that I forgot to discuss this in the last podcast, but the fact that Ike is returning back to Nea Philadelphia, we're returning back to, we're going to Opaparina, Opapa, I guess, Sofia. Um, gosh, I can't tell you how big this is. I know that maybe people, Ike fans in general, like myself, have gotten tired of hearing the sentiment that, you know, like, um, and this and that, and if you would have came out with me, at me with that at the end of last season, I probably would have been like, F off. Like, I don't care that we're going back to our new stadium. I, that we're going back to Nea Philadelphia. I, this team sucks. These players should not play in Nea Philadelphia. But now, obviously, a few months later, a new season is upon us. And yeah, we're returning back to Nea Philadelphia, and that's very exciting. It, it, it's hard to describe. For those of you that know Greek football, you know what a bad place Oaka is to play. And Oaka should only be left to, for emergency purposes, for teams to use like Ike. I mean, I didn't think we were going to use it for 18 years. But when you don't have... When you're having construction or whatever, blah, 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 whatever have you. I know Libakos used it back in the day when the Yukaraskaki was being built. Um, and should be for cup finals because that is not a football ground. That is not. And for me personally, that is one of the biggest advantages Libakos has had over its rivals. And in the league the past, you know, years is the fact that they have their own stadium. I'm not going to go into that. I don't want to make it seem like every episode I'm like kissing Olibekos' ass or something. But it is an advantage that they have had because it's 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 a football ground. They've had some big wins in there. And yeah, football players are professionals. And they should play their best out no matter where they're at. But we all know as football fans that... The ground makes a difference. It makes a difference. It can it can motivate players. It's it's just a different vibe, and I just can't wait to see what it's going to be like to get back to Philadelphia. In future Ike stories, I will cover some games that I saw in Philadelphia. Nothing major. I had only been to friendlies because I had only been to Greece um, over the summertime. So yeah, that's very exciting that we're going back to Philadelphia for sure. Um, next thing I forgot to cover when I was covering the midfield the other day, when I was covering the, the summer transfers, I forgot to mention Pineda. Pineda is a uh, Mexican international. One, one knock I will say on team management is that I wish that it was a player that Almeida really, really wanted. Obviously he had worked with him before. They both wanted to work with each other. I really wish we would have gone, gotten him with, um, a loan, and then uh, with the option to buy, because I really think he's going to do good things. And don't underestimate that. Guys, don't underestimate the fact that we have a lot of players that play on national teams that are going to the World Cup. That's going to elevate their game because they're going to want to keep their game at a high level so they can get selected to play in the World Cup. That's a big deal. Players like Simonski, Pineda, um, Avida, you know, all these players that uh, they're their um, national teams are going to the World Cup, they're going to want to play at that high level because they're going to want to be on that roster. Every, every footballer dreams of playing in the World Cup. Every little kid dreams of playing in the World Cup that ever picked up a football. So that's a good sign there. 
Um, that's one thing that I forgot to watch. And I've seen a little bit of Pineda. Like I said before in, um, in the previous podcast, I'm not a big MLS guy. I'm not a big U.S. soccer guy. But I do watch when the U.S. national team plays Mexico in any type of competition because it's it's a very interesting rivalry. It has a little bit of that flair uh, with a lot of, you know, Mexican immigrants here in America and Latinos in general. And I've been watching a little bit more Mexican soccer the past few years. So I remember him at, at Chivas and both at, um, with the Mexican national team. And I feel like he's going to do, he's going to do some things in that uh, midfield. Moving on from that. Um, <laughs> I have to laugh at this and I'm not, I'm not trying to laugh because I don't think it could possibly happen, but a big rumor out there this week in Eichland is that, um, coming out of Greece and all Ike reporters that I know have shot it down is the rumor of Cavani, Edson Cavani coming, uh, the Uruguayan international coming to, uh, Ike. Listen, for me personally, I wouldn't hate the move. Uh, world-class player. We've all seen what he can do. He hasn't played for clubs that I like, but he's a player that I've always watched. I've always admired uh, both watching him play in a few Copa Americas, in the World Cup, and at the club team level, especially with Man United um, the past few seasons. Uh, yeah, he would improve us, but I also want to try to move on from... Not to say that it wouldn't be... I don't know how to feel about this. Because on one, on one hand, yeah, he's a world-class player. But on the other hand, he's 35 years old. He's on the downturn. So my thing is, I don't want to fill up our roster. I would rather give the roster spot to an up-and-coming player. Either go younger with someone that could have like a high upside. Either a Greek talent. Preferably a Greek talent. But but also that's another story for another day. Like we, re- I would rather them focus that money and that time and that energy in rebuilding the academies, rebuilding um, the scouting department. Because just like the rest of the management the past few years, they best the bet in that department too. So I would rather focus on building from the ground up than bringing in these players that I, I would have the same concern that. I had with Vida, and so far, you know, like always, we're going to see how everything's going to play out on the pitch, but my concern with bringing in all these older players is how motivated are they going to be? Is this going to be a money grab? Is this going to be uh, a move that just is just there for them to take because they're getting older and can't find anything else. And with Edison Cavani, I'm sorry, I think he'll find something else either here in America or maybe a move back to his homeland of Uruguay. And unfortunately, guys, which is a thing, I'm I'm thinking about doing a podcast next week similar to my Ike stories that I'm segment that I'm going to do here in a little bit where I'm going to start discussing the issues with Greek football, and one topic that I want to touch on is how bad we've been in Europe lately. Um, so this guy's going to want to go play somewhere where he can play in some kind of European competition. I mean, and honestly, the choices are out there. If it does happen, I'm not going to say that I'm going to be through the moon, but I'm not going to say I'm going to be depressed. It's going to be a good signing. It's It would be awesome if a player of that class came to Ike. But it, right now, it's just rumors, and everybody from, you know, Yorgos Takiris to Ketazoglu to 
Kazadoglu has all shut it down. That, that, you know, that's basically not happening. That's just a rumor that just somebody created out there. Um, Another rumor that I heard, um, Panagotis Rezos going to Asteras Tripolis and someone linked Ike to that. Again, I I don't want to comment um, until something happens. Because right now it's just rumors. Uh, I really hope Oretzos is a young guy. I've heard some other discussions. I just was listening to uh, Greek Calcio where he was discussing Panagotis Oretzos. Shout out to Greek Calcio. Um, but um, it, it, all this has no merit. These are just rumors I wanted to go over just so we can talk about it. Um, a little bit of frustrations with the club with no second center back yet when uh, Almeida had specifically asked that at least one of the center backs be in the in the biggest part of training in the Netherlands and then they needed to sign another center back in general and there's just no talk about that the planning thing has fizzled out that if it happens it's either going to happen late in this signing window or in the January transfer window you know it is frustrating but on that note, I would like to talk about Almeida and how he's approached things like this. And what I like hearing about the way Almeida is approaching these things is that he's not making up excuses. He's not saying, well, you know, like if, and for anyone that's followed football, we've all heard the sentiment before. Like, you know, I'm not getting the players that I want and I don't know how to work like this. And I'm paraphrasing here and maybe not in those harsh enough words, but they might butter it up to where they might say something along those lines of I'm not getting the players that I want for Almeida. We haven't seen that yet. And we haven't seen him talk like that. He talks about how, yeah, we could use some upgrades. We could use some more players, but I'm happy with the players that I do have, which is a great sign, which first off gives a boost to those players, knowing that you have a coach that has your back and, believes in you as a player instead of saying you know oh yeah I definitely need a second center back so if we don't get that second center back by the time the season starts because the season starts in two weeks or we get him right before the season starts and let's say he's not ready to go yet how are you know the other center backs supposed to feel how is Mitoglu and Zavella supposed to feel how are you know so I really like that I really like that that he thinks all the players that we have on the roster right now are good to go that's a sign for me of a of a great coach um, so moving on here in Cyprus, so Ike are in Cyprus now. Uh, wow. Have you guys seen the scenes in Cyprus of the welcoming committee I got by the fans in Cyprus? Big shout out to the Megaloniso. Um, love watching those videos of original in uh, Cyprus. Um, can't wait for the friendly tomorrow. I'm going to try to put out maybe not as long as the pod is going to be today, but, uh, a little pod talking about what I saw and um, in that uh, friendly coming up tomorrow, super psyched about seeing Ike again. I cannot wait till the season starts. I mean, I'm so jacked about football in general, just being in full swing. Premier League starting this weekend. Just, it's, it's exciting, man, if you're a football fan. So, moving on from that, uh, let's go to... Greek teams in Europe, really quickly. I'm not going to try to spend that much time on this because it's just, it is the, the Ike podcast, but I wanted to say a few things because I did watch a little bit of the games today. 
Um, well, first off, let me go back to Almeida and the team in Cyprus. I'm curious to see of what formation, if he's going to stick to that 3-5-3 or if he's going to switch it up. Right now, all things indicate that most likely Ike is going to start off playing a 3-5-3. Um, let's just let the coach work and see how, how that formation is going to work out with um, basically Levy Garcia playing as a left back and on the other side, Steven Zuber playing as... Actually, no, not Levy Garcia playing as a left back. I apologize. Steven Zuber playing as a right back and Rota playing in his position as, as a left back kind of winger. Uh, let's see how that goes, because offensively, I, I like Lazaro Zorota. I love players that work hard. I feel like this kid has worked his heart out. And if you hear reports coming out of Greece that this kid has, like, just improved and improved and worked so hard on his game, but also he right now doesn't have the offensive capabilities, I feel like, to be in that role. But we shall see. Let's see what goes on in the friendly tomorrow. I'll talk about more of that tomorrow. But going back to what I was saying before, let's quickly run through these results <clears throat> in Europe. Uh, Slavia Prague, Panathinaikos, 2-0. I watched most of this game, but with a lot of these games that I'm going to talk about, I was like in and out. <coughs> Panathinaikos looked good. <clears throat> I thought the result was a little unfair to them. I thought that um, they played good football. Not a fair result. Not good refereeing. And might I second that? Okay, UEFA, when you're having this competition and you're basically setting it up, I don't like the term small team. I feel like everyone's club to them is the biggest club in the world. And maybe I'll get into that, why I think that particular thing in a story later. But for right now... You're setting up this competition. This competition means a lot to these teams because of money, prestige, what what have you, <clears throat> to, to, to build it up. Why the hell is there no VAR available? Because I really believe that that second yellow card, that play would have been, would have been looked at again. I'm not going to say it was a penalty, but it, I mean, if you got VAR to look at it, maybe it could have been a penalty. I don't know. But I just feel like that second yellow card was harsh. I didn't feel like it was a dive. I just felt like the player naturally fell. Um, so I do feel like Panathinaikos were unlucky. They got screwed. Going down 2-0. Going back to low photos next week. Miracles can happen. But let's just see what happens. You know, um, I did not watch any of the Addis games. Saw some of the statistics that it was uh, <clears throat> Addis, Maccabi Tel Aviv. Possession was 51-49 in favor of Maccabi Tel Aviv. Shots on target were 13-9. I mean, shots were 13-9. On target shots were 8-4. to four. Uh, So basically, statistically speaking, I haven't heard anything. I haven't listened to the radio to hear the breakdown of what, what happened in this game. Um, Maccabi Tel Aviv were just a better team. Adi would have had a chance, just like Panathinaikos, if they would have kept did the 1-0 again. Things can happen. Uh, Vikilidis and um, La Foro are two difficult places to play. And if teams are not ready for it, I don't know. Maybe something can happen. Olympiacos looked better than they did last week. I watched a little bit of that game, but still shaky at the back. I mean, that that goal, again, VAR could have played in place and said, you know, it was an offensive foul or whatever, what have you. 
But as Socrates, man, and I don't mean to pick on him because you might think I'm a better Ike fan simply because he went to Olympiacos. Not the case. I feel like he could have done better there. He should have just passed the ball back to the keeper. Um, Olympiacos did look a little bit better. Hopefully for Greek football, they'll go through. Like I was saying the other day, I really have changed my thought process on um, pulling for Greek teams in Europe. I used to be of the thought process of and the thought process that some people talk about in Greece, like, you know, Barcelona doesn't pull for Real simply because it's a Spanish team or, you know, Man U doesn't say, oh, great. You know, Man City won another championship just because they're from Manchester or I guess that doesn't make sense. Sorry. But, you know, Man United doesn't say, oh, you know, I'm glad Liverpool was in the final last year against Real Madrid. Great for England. No, but again, we're not on that level and we have to watch the coefficiency because I'm telling you right now, if we keep doing horrible in Europe, I don't care who you support. Even if you support all your back and you say, oh, we rule this land, blah, 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 blah. We can win the sleepwalking. But you're never going to do anything in Europe. And that's the case. If we don't, if we don't get our, our, our us together in this league and everybody doesn't elevate their game, elevate their, their competition in Europe, then you're, we're all not going anywhere in Europe. And it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. I'm telling you, that's my prediction. Um, like I said, I'll talk more about that next week when I do a fuller breakdown on what I think the problem is with uh, Greek teams in Europe and start talking about and analyzing some of my thoughts on what the problem is in Greek football. Um, so, guys, let's get into the second segment of the show. I'm excited to talk about this. So the year, let me take you guys back, is 1996. I'm a 14-year-old kid. Um recently had become an Ike fan during the off season and then going to Greece. I was in Greece all summer and I kept looking at the, 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 the newspapers every day. I can't read good Greek, but I can make out words. So I would look at the newspaper, look at the news every day. And lo and behold, like, like so Epo like, so Epo has not changed much, but from what I, from, if memory serves me correct, the, they used to do a super cup, which, I'm sure all of you being football fans know it's kind of like the league champion plays the cup champion at the beginning of the season, or as they call it in England, the um, the community shield. Uh, they used to do it. I personally miss that game. Um, but who knows? Maybe Apple one day can get their stuff together and it'll happen again. But speaking of Apple, that game was supposed to be at the end of August, and then they bumped it up to the beginning of August. No, no, it was like middle of August from what I remember. I think it was it was the week between like the 10th and the 15th, let's say, before the Capodavrosto. Uh, and it actually ended up being the day before I left Greece that year, 1996. So I begged my dad. I was like, we got to go. We got to go. Little side note here. My dad was not an Ike fan. Um, he passed away about four years ago, ironically enough, right before, uh, right a little bit after Ike was uh, lifting the trophy. He was not a Nike fan. Um, he did not have a club that he supported. I cannot tell you how exactly I became a Nike fan. I was recruited by a lot of my cousins and my uncles. They were pulling me, you know, Ike, Panathinaikos, Olympiakos. And I'll slowly get into those s- stories uh, here and there. 
about my family. Uh, I wanted to choose the club that my father uh, supported, but he didn't support a club. He treated sports kind of like, I guess, your average person treats entertainment. Like, uh, oh, I'm going to watch a movie. I'll watch a, I'll watch a football match or I'll watch a basketball match. Um, strictly as entertainment. But he slowly got more and more into it. He never supported a club, but he got more and more into it as he saw me and my brother uh, getting more and more into it. My brother, now to give you a little bit, not to bore you with family history, my brother's 11 years my senior, and he grew up probably elementary and middle school age in Greece uh, around the Marusi area. So he's a big Panathinaikos fan um, coming from that area. Uh, anyway, just to give you a little bit of background, so I begged my dad to take, and my dad kind of didn't want to take, and take me, my little cousin, my little cousin is a Nike fan, and so, here we set off, finally, they're like, you know, take him, take him, they're so excited, they want to go, I threatened to go by myself, I'm like, I'm 14 years old, you know, I, I can go by myself, so we set off, first off, we left a few hours early and took the train down to... Uh, a few stops before Palio Falido and got off to go see uh, a relative of ours, actually more specifically my godfather that, live, that lives in Greece. And um, a few hours before the game, we did not expect this, but we got on the train and it was like nothing but Ike fans. And you have to think to a little Americanaki like myself, that was freaking crazy. All they were doing was chanting the whole way to the Yipedo. I was like, this is freaking awesome. You know, uh, <clears throat> Of course, we came prepared. A little f- funny story. Um, me and my cousin both wore jerseys, but we wore like other shirts, like heavier shirts, like polos over those jerseys because unfortunately, again, I'm going to talk about the fan violence and whatnot uh, as I'm going to talk about the state of Greek football and other podcasts. But we were a little scared being from America you know, getting more in depth with it. My parents had saw things in the stadiums, not very nice things. And we knew that, you know, unfortunately, um, to put it simply. So we had our shirts on. Um, not to bore you with the story with my godparents and whatnot. We went there and then we, we ended up going to the match, getting to the match. So my dad was one of these types of people, one of these stubborn, stubborn Greeks that's like, if, if he thinks the sky is green, then the sky is green. It doesn't matter if, like, you know, let me not talk blasphemy here, but God himself comes down and tells him, no, the sky is blue. In his mind, the sky is green, no matter what. Now, why does that make, now why is that important to the story? Because we get out of the train station. There's a sea of green, nothing but Panathinaikos fans, and... My dad is like, we're going to go over here and get tickets. And I'm like, are you a freaking idiot? Like, that's not where we're going to go get tickets. Those are all Panathinaikos fans. So we start arguing. And I'm like, we're going to get our freaking asses kicked over here. So luckily, there was a guy in front of us that heard us that kind of figured, okay, these guys are are, are, are Ike supporters. Um, and he said, you know, but yeah, yeah. Nice guy. I hope, you know, God bless him instead of being like, yeah, come over here. Let's play with you guys a little bit. <laughs> so we went around, we um, went and bought tickets, which you can imagine in Greece, man. It's like no or- organization skills, no line. We just pushed our way through to the front. 
Uh, more specifically, my dad went up and got us tickets. Um, and we paid a thousand drachmas, which is crazy money if you really think about it. Um, not crazy as in like expensive. You hear the thousand part and you think, think pesos, guys. For those of you that weren't around during the drachmas days, or if you're not Greek and you're listening to this, during the drachmas days, you know, those, that wasn't, um, that was about the equivalent of like four bucks. <laughs> a thousand, uh, a thousand drachmas a piece. We go in, and like I said, this is the old Karaskaki Stadium. And there's something about old stadiums. Yes, upgraded ones are nice. And let me tell you, when I get into talking about uh, the old Philadelphia Stadium, the Nikos Guma Stadium, uh, it needed some major upgrades. But there's nothing like just walking in and just imagining yourself. I'm walking into like almost 100 years of history here. Uh Similar to how people talk about here in the States, if you live stateside, walking into like a historic stadium, like the old Yankee Stadium or uh, what the hell is that stadium called in Boston, um, Fenway Park or whatnot. You know, it, it just has that that nostalgic feeling of it was just a ground that watching it on TV, um, first off, watching it on, on videotapes, because back in the day, no one aired uh football matches here in the States. There was no antenna satellite or whatever, what have you. Um, that that stuff came later. So you would order football tapes from different places. Again, I don't want to bore you, bore you with other details, but it was different like walking in and especially walking in as an Ike fan. And I think we sat close to, to gate seven. Um, it was... Uh, just an incredible moment because you could see all the football matches on TV that you want. But if you don't go to a football match in person, and I'm not talking about these MLS, man. I don't want to go on a tangent here about MLS, but we, we recently got a football club here in uh, in Charlotte. I live in Central North Carolina. And <laughs> I became part of the Facebook group. And these cats, man... Like, we're complaining about freaking beer showers at, at games. And I was like, are these, I'm trying not to curse here, are these MFers for real? Like, seriously, they're complaining about beer showers? Dude, go in this to a stadium where there's, like, freaking what feels like 500 flares lit. And, uh, again, the S-talk Greek football the fact that we can't have away away fans at stadiums anymore is a bunch of BS. Like that's that's just costing us. I don't want to get into that right now. But to have you know on one side have all these crazy Ike fans just chanting, and on the other side having Panathinaikos fans and the crowds just going back and forth at each other with chants. You know, uh, you can just imagine the scenes. It was like for again, a little Americanaki, Hazo Americanaki. It was Eliko Barbasorio. Um, for me to come in there and see this, it was incredible. It was the moment where I could say I fell in love with this club, where I could say, gosh, this is awesome. Gosh, I'm going to work my ass off to just get back here and like get season tickets and live this every weekend. That's what the in the mind of a 14-year-old is what I wanted to do. And it was just an amazing experience. I remember very little about the game, and I don't want uh, Olympiacos fans to get offended, but, um, you know, I remember the chance about uh, Timur Ketspaya at the time, 
Um, Oli Bekos fans had the same chant for, ironically enough, I think I saw his birthday was today, uh, Predrag Dojavic, who, in my opinion, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to kiss Oli Bekos' ass, is probably my favorite player I've ever seen in Greek football. Uh, that guy gave everything to his team. Big props to, to Dojavic. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal football player um, for that club. And someone that you, you saw, like, really... Someone that you wish would be on your club and really bleed for your team. Um, but going back to what I was saying was that all these Ike fans were just screaming, In entre los, in entre los, oh caraflos. You know, it was, uh, and other, like, very bad things towards Panathinaikos. It was just, uh, it was just, like, it was incredible, man. And, um, you know, we, I think we scored first. Yeah, we scored first. And everybody was jumping up and down, going crazy in like a flare. It was probably higher, but it felt like it was like five inches away from my head, just falling into the stadium. And it, 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 the old Karaskaki Stadium, if you haven't seen like videos of old games at the old Karaskaki, it was not like the new one is. It was used as a track and field also. So it had kind of the track and field track going around it, um, just like uh, Oaka does. So... It was just incredible, just the the roar of the crowd. And then from what I remember, we were getting there were two times when we were getting ready to leave. Once um there were some fans that got in a fight with a bunch of cops. Um and my dad freaked and grabbed me and my cousin. And at the time being young, I didn't understand why my dad was freaking out. But you have to think, guys, my my parents and people that lived through the especially the Gate Seven tragedy, like and especially we're used to what had happened, how things took a turn for the worse with football violence in Greece and in other countries abroad. Like, my dad was trying to protect his children. I, as this podcast states, I'm a crazy Ike fan. And I can tell you, like, thinking about in the future, taking my son right now, he's about a year and a half old, taking my son to football matches in the future, I really hope things get better in, in Greece because I, I was having a discussion with my wife uh, a year ago and talking about the new Ike Stadium. And I said, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to go because, you know, tear gas and all this stuff that happens in Greece. It's just it, it, it's it's unnecessary, man. Like, I love the ultras. Uh, there's a difference between being an ultra and being a hooligan. OK, cheer for your team as much as you can. Vrisi if you want to vrisi him. But Come on, man. Like, there has to be some changes to that. And as a fan at the time and as a kid, I didn't understand why my dad wanted to leave. My dad grabbed me and my cousin, and I still remember the look of panic on his face, like, bomba, bomba, bomba. And I was being a little brat, and I was like, no, 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 this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience, which ended up being a once-in-a-lifetime experience because it's the only derby I ever went to. Um, so then... Uh, the second time we almost left, we thought the game was done. We thought the game was won. Um, and we left the stadium and we heard this huge roar on the Panathinaikos side. And Panathinaikos had tied the game. My dad did not want to go back in. And I wanted to go back in. And we were sitting there fighting outside of the stadium. And finally, I was like, I want to go back in. Come on, you can't take this away from me. Either I'm, Either we're going back in together or I'm going back in by myself. So we go back in together. The game ended up going to penalties. I think Atmanjidis, um, Elias Atmanjidis saved the last penalty for 
Ike, and we won the game. We didn't stick around for the celebrations. Again, funny story. On the way back, uh, my cousin saw this Ike flag, and, and with all due respect, it was an awesome Ike flag, you know, from the people that sell flags and scarves and whatnot and stuff outside of the Yipido. Um, that he wanted so bad. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, is this kid crazy? Dude, I was trying to explain to him, we're going to ride in the train with a bunch of Panathinaikos fans, a bunch of pissed off Panathinaikos fans. Like, are you, are you nuts? Like, you look like a kid. My younger cousin always looked younger. Um, he was probably maybe like eight or nine at the time. He probably looked like he was like five. I, on the other hand, had been shaving since I was probably about 10 years old. So I was 14 Many people in Greece at the time mistook me for being like 19, 20 years old. So I'm like, okay, they're going to they're gonna beat me and my dad half to death. And then my little cousin, hopefully, is going to be left alone. But me and my dad are going to catch a beating because my cousin wants to be stubborn about buying a Nike flag. So we're sitting here with a Nike flag, trying to hide it in the train, uh, heading back towards Marusi uh, with a bunch of other Quest fans. <laughs> Finally, thank goodness, there were nice fans. Uh, they saw the flag. They started messing with my little cousin a little bit. Like, come here. Like, yeah, we just want to play with your flag a little bit. We just want to play with it a little bit. You know, I made up this thing where I'm like, oh, that's that's just for his cousin. And um, that's just for our cousin in America. You know, I said something in Greek along the lines of like, you know, we'll, we'll change his mind when we get there. You know, he's an Ike fan, but we're going to make him a Panathinaikos fan or whatnot. Just, but they were good guys, man. Like, uh. But that's my experience, man. And it was just the roar of the crowd, the stadium, the the freaking flares, the just like, I will say one thing that I didn't like was there was a, um, my cousin got thirsty. So you have to think, this is Ike and Bonafonaiko was playing at the old Gareskaki, which sounds crazy. Because right now, I don't even think that would ever happen in these times to have a, Super Cup final at the new Karaskaki with Ike and Panathinaikos fans. Yeah, sure. That w- they would burn the place down. Um, but <laughs> my cousin got thirsty and was like, get to grab a Coca-Cola. And he's like, nah, fed the file Coca-Cola. You know, people that sell stuff at stadiums. And the guy behind us just goes crazy. He's like, no, 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 don't take it. In the Gavros, Valto Piso. Started cursing the poor kid out. I did feel bad. This kid was probably like my age or younger, maybe 10 or 11 years old, this madraja was probably like in his freaking 40s. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, that's unnecessary. I thought it was hilarious at the time being young, but now looking at it, I'm like, that's that's dropy, man. You know, and that's not dropy for one of our, our fans. That You know that would happen damn well, no matter uh, what fan that person supported. Um, so that's my story, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this podcast was a lot better than the last one. Um, um, if I didn't say so, please subscribe to the podcast. Um, hopefully more better episodes are coming, uh, rate and rate the show, please. So we can get the word out there that I'm out here. Crazy Ike fan, man. Um, and also like my page on Facebook, crazy Ike fan, follow me, give me a follow on Twitter and on Instagram at crazy Ike fan. And I hope everyone's doing well. I'm going to come back with a nice little pod tomorrow, giving you breakdowns of what I saw in the game against Ammonia. Uh, so please stay tuned, guys. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, no matter where. 
And no matter how you're listening to this podcast, all right? And like always, Forza Gara.